Welcome to the 10 Loans a Month podcast, where mortgage brokers become business owners. And now, your host, Scott Peckford. Availability bias. So what the heck is this? So they sometimes call it a heuristic, which is a funny word, availability bias or heuristic. I even trip over a little bit. It's basically a mental shortcut that helps us when we make decisions. And so essentially what happens is, is that with a availability bias, it's a mental shortcut that relies on immediate examples that come to a given person's mind when evaluating a specific topic, concept, method, or decision. So what is recent is most important, even if it's not you know, the best information to use to make a decision. So there's kind of three kind of criteria to this. I'm going to dive into this a bit more. So a couple of things, was it recent? So if it's recent, then you can be influenced by the availability bias. Was it frequent? And was it vivid? So recent, frequent and vivid. So what does this mean exactly? So the truth is, is that we're not actually rational creatures. We don't make decisions by taking in all the information available to us. You know, we're not like in the Star Trek movies, we're not a Vulcan. We are all susceptible to this. And instead, we use what are called these heuristics or mental shortcuts. And it's because our decision making actually takes up a lot of of energy. So I don't know if you know this, but the brain is like 2% of your body weight, but uses 20% of your calories. It's a hungry little beast. And so we have figured out ways in order to conserve energy by creating shortcuts. And these shortcuts are actually useful most of the time. So the reason we use them is because they're accurate. It's kind of like, hey, this shortcut is going to help me with making better decisions. I don't have to think about it so much. So a shortcut could be the way we look at social proof, right? If you're trying to decide between two restaurants and one of them has a big line of people and the other one doesn't, it's like, well, clearly the one with the line, mental shortcut, probably a better restaurant. Or we look at reviews if there's a lot of reviews versus none. But here's the thing. Sometimes, though, especially with the availability bias, we can actually make bad decisions or inaccurate decisions because of this. And we're susceptible to this, and so are our clients. And I'll give you some examples in a sec. So first, if you ask a bartender, everybody's a drunk, right? Why is that? Is everybody a drunk? No. But if a bartender spends all day selling people alcohol, they're going to wrongly assume that everybody must be a drunk all the time because that's what I see every day at work. And it's not true, but we do this because of the availability bias. The second way this showed up, when I was a paramedic, you know, I had a motorcycle when I was young, and then when I became paramedic, I saw some accidents and I got rid of my motorcycle. And so as a paramedic, I would say motorcycles are dangerous. But the truth is, is that that was my availability bias. The only people calling me were people who had accident on motorcycles. Therefore, I could wrongly assume that all motorcycles are you know, dangerous. The truth is, is that the person who drove for 20 years never had a single accident, didn't even tip their bike over. I never met them. And so our view of the world is very much influenced by this availability bias in lots of different ways. And so another interesting example. So a uh, question for you and just think about the answer before I tell you. So are sharks more dangerous than vending machines? So which is more dangerous? You think, you know, in a year. And the truth is, is it's actually vending machines. So on average, in a year, 10 people die worldwide from shark attacks. But in the same year, 13 people on average die from vending machines. And you're like, how the heck are people dying from vending machines? I don't know. They're obviously making some bad choices, shaking the machine, trying to get something out of it, sticking their arm up there. I have no idea how 13 people a year can die from vending machines. They do somehow. Yet, because a shark attack is way more vivid, go back to the, you know, is it frequent? Is it vivid? And is it recent? It sticks in our minds, right? Again, we would wrongly assume that we won't look at a vending machine and go, oh my gosh, I can't go near it. But there's tons of people that won't step foot in an ocean, my 12-year-old daughter being one, because she's convinced that she's going to get attacked by a shark. And I try to convince her, I'm like, you got to be more worried about vending machines, honey. And she's like, yeah, Dad, but I just don't want to go in the ocean. And so there's actually another thing that's pretty interesting in terms of studies. When a shark attack happens, so they've done an analysis of this, and this was done recently in San Diego. So when a shark attack happens, actually deaths go down at that beach for the next two or three years. And the type of deaths that go down are drownings. And the reason is because the less people are going in the water. And so when drownings happen, it doesn't reduce the number of drownings, but a shark attack, because it's vivid, is actually going to create less people in the water, which creates less drowning. So actually shark attacks 
save lives, which is like totally trippy in the head. But that's what the data says, even though logically we would not get there through normal mental you know, processes. Okay, so last question, is it more violent today than in the past, right? So if I want you to think about this, okay, stop for a second, you know, is the world more violent today in the past? And the answer is no, it's actually more peaceful than it's ever been. If you look at since the 1300s, the number of people that died by other people killing them is gone down dramatically. And yet, because of the news, because we see these vivid images online, you know, something bad happens. And, you know, this is what I always find about the news. A million people can live in a city. One person gets in an accident, doesn't make it home. The news is going to show you the one person. They don't show you the 999,000 other people that got home safely because that's not exciting. But this can significantly warp the way that we see the world and certainly warp our decision making. So what happens with the availability bias is that because things that are recent, frequent or vivid stick in our mind more. Scott, that's fantastic. How does this help me in my mortgage business? So a couple of ways this shows up. So if you have clients who you know have friends who are always talking about how great their mortgage rate is and this friend saying this, they're basically bragging about their interest rate. What are the chances when they come see you that they're not going to think that the most important thing in a mortgage is interest rate? They're going to because their availability bias, their friend group is saying, hey, look at my rate, look at my rate. And so you have to understand that unless you counter that, you're going to run into this with clients, right? So how do you combat this? I've got a couple different ideas in this for you. So the first is don't send rate sheets. So if you send rate sheets to your clients, you may think you're informing them what's going on. What you're doing is you're telling them by frequency, you know, by recency, that the most important thing in a mortgage is interest rate. So then what's going to happen is, is when they call you, the only thing they're going to want to know about is interest rates. So if that's your business model, go nuts. However, if you're in the business model of building wealth through real estate or providing solutions, then your email should include solutions, make it a vivid story. Client had this problem. We solved it for them. You don't have to say their name. That is a way more effective email where you're going to get people show up with the right like mindset before you even have a conversation with them. So that's the first thing. The second thing to think about is education-based marketing. So education-based marketing, because people are getting pre-educated before they talk to you, how they're being educated makes a big difference on what they're going to prioritize, how they're going to view you as the expert. And so the perfect example of this, Ryan Wiley is one of our coaches in 10 Loads a Month Academy, runs a fantastic business and he pre-educates his clients have to watch a webinar. He sends them a series of videos and then they do a discovery call. If they don't get through that work, they never get on a call with them. So then he doesn't talk to them. But if they get through that, when they show up, they're completely primed. Their availability bias, you know, it's vivid. He makes it very interesting, engaging. It's recent. It's, you know, frequent because he does a bunch of steps in this. So when he gets on a call, all of a sudden, the conversation is completely shifted, right? And so he's reprogrammed them through educational-based marketing and the availability bias that this is how you need to look at these things. That's the second kind of tactic, how you can apply this to your mortgage business. So don't send rate sheets and think about using education-based marketing on the front end so that when your clients show up, you're using this availability bias to help influence them make better decisions for their own good. Don't use this to be unethical. So quick recap. So what is the availability bias? It's a natural bias. We all apply and it makes sense because it saves precious brain power. However, it can lead us and our clients to not make the best decisions because we're focusing on the wrong things. So keep in mind the three things that trigger it. Is it recent? Is it frequent? And is it vivid? So hopefully that helps you learn a little bit about the availability bias and a couple tactics in terms of how to apply that to your business. If you want to check out our 10 loans a month academy, honestly, think we have an amazing academy. Our coaches are ridiculous that we have in that academy. And it's something we only open up a couple of times a year. But if you want to check that out, go to 10loansamonth.com. That's the number 10loansamonth.com. You can get on a wait list. And then when we have some spots available and we open up again, we will send you an invite. I'll let you know what we have in terms of coaches and Ryan being one of them, as I just spoke about. So hopefully that helps you in your mortgage business. If this has been useful, 
couple things. One, you can go leave a review for the podcast. I would love that too. Shoot me an email. I love hearing from our clients. I will reply to you. If you send me an email between you and me, I'll probably send you a video because I don't like typing emails anymore. So feel free to test me on this. Shoot me an email with the podcast and I will send you a video and I'll chat with you. Anyways, thank you so much, guys. And I hope your mortgage business is doing amazing. This is an I Love Mortgage Brokering production.